0: to the Dreamcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm really excited about today's solo episode because today I'm going to talk about something that I experienced at the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey and actually several times throughout this past 11 years and something I see most people walk through as they start something new. It is called imposter syndrome. Another word for it could be fraud syndrome. It could be the idea of faking it until you make it. Basically not feeling good enough, ready, or qualified to stand in confidence for what you're doing, selling, or sharing. So before we dive into the content of today's episode, I'm going to share with you a few stories of when I experience this personally. The first is when I was a clinical psychologist. I had been out of school just a few years. It was in the first few years of working at community mental health and I was called into court. I was working with a family and I think it was a CPS issue, Child Protective Services. I don't really even know why I was there. But what I remember about that day is that they swore me in as an expert. And I remember thinking, expert. Really? I've been working with this family, but I've really only been working in my job for a couple of years. I don't really know that I know what I'm doing. I, am I really an expert? And it was there I realized that expert is in the eye of the beholder. And so if they thought I was an expert, I better think of myself that way too. In my business, when we first got started, I remember I asked Brandon, should I go back to school? Because you know what? I didn't know anything about sales, about business. I didn't know anything about autoresponders or systems or, you know, marketing or copywriting or how to get people on a journey. And, And I didn't know any of that kind of stuff. And I thought, maybe school is the way to get it, because that's how you get credibility in our world, is you have more degrees. (laughs) And I asked Brandon, should I go back to school? And he said, "Um, no, absolutely not. There's nothing that they can teach you in school that you can't learn faster out in the field. And, you know, there were several times throughout my business when I stood up at parties or went to expos and people were looking at me for answers, for guidance, for leadership. And I inside felt like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just making it up as I go along. I don't know if I really know enough to lead people in the right direction I often wondered if people would see through me. Maybe they, you know, they get to know me and they're like, oh, she really doesn't know what she's doing. She's really not as good as people say. Or, that, you know, they, I would be revealed as this fraud. Imposter syndrome, by definition, is not really a syndrome per se, but it's really just describing individuals who are marked by the inability to internalize accomplishments and have a persistent fear of being exposed as a fraud. And even despite evidence of success... Those exhibiting the syndrome remain convinced that they're frauds and do not deserve the success they've achieved. So proof of success is dismissed as luck, timing, or a result of deceiving others into thinking they're more intelligent or competent than they believe themselves to be. Now, that's the Wikipedia version of imposter syndrome. But I find that this imposter syndrome is actually in, found in 70% of the population, because most of the time people that are experiencing this are trying something new, whether it's a new job, whether it's a new hobby, whether it's something new where you're building outside your comfort zone uh, and everybody's looking at you like, okay, here you go. Do you know what you're doing? Uh, it's that's when this feeling takes over. Now, this feeling of being an imposter is basically just a form of fear or anxiety, and it comes up when we're embarking on a new experience. And so that's why most people have probably experienced this in some way or another. And uh, honestly, it can be this that stops us in our tracks before we even get started. When I started this podcast uh, for several years, I thought, "Who, who am I? to have something to say. Who am I to start this? Who would really want to listen? There's so many personal development podcasts and leadership uh, development experiences and lots of people out there doing this thing. So why, what do I really have to offer? I know people that have degrees in naturopathic medicine and still don't feel confident enough to stand firm and speak with authority. I know friends who have adopted several children through agencies and private adoptions and yet still feel unqualified to share uh, confidently about the subject. But it's not just My friends or family or people in our business, even high achievers like Albert Einstein, Jodie Foster, Natalie Portman, Denzel Washington, have also admitted that this is something they've come across as well. What I think about is that most of the people that feel this way are pioneers. They're leading the pack from the front. They're actually paving the way for themselves and possibly for others as well. And so when you aren't on a already cut down path, it's very easy to doubt yourself and wonder if you're headed in the right direction. But remember, it's not just high achievers or pioneers. We all experience this when we start something new. Writers, teachers, coaches, students, entrepreneurs, and many others run up against imposter syndrome at some point. The bottom line is that it's not unusual to feel like a fraud when we so badly want to succeed. Now, remember, some doubt in our abilities is important. We don't want to be overconfident. We want to stay humble, Uh, but too much doubt can keep us stuck. And most of the time, not even get, like we don't even get started. So the trick is not letting feelings of doubt snowball into becoming our identity, So I'm going to go through a few, three different aspects of imposter syndrome and how, and then a few ways on how we can overcome it. So let's first talk about neuroscience, brain science here. What does imposter syndrome do to our brain? So there truly isn't a ton of information or research about imposter syndrome, but we can think about it as an anxiety issue. And so this is something that we can deal with by rewiring our brains. Anxiety is an emotional state. Emotional states dictate how we recall memories. And these memories affect our decisions in the present. So what that means is you're at an event, and if you are feeling anxious, unqualified, negative about this event, then anytime you think about going back to doing it, whether it's calling leads, doing an expo, creating a marketing plan, getting yourself out there, anytime you think about doing that event, it's going to feel negative there's going to be a cloud of negativity surrounding that event so instead we can like rewire our brains about that one event because anxiety truly is just a self-protective mode that causes us to be more cautious than we really need to be. So let's take that same event and rewire the experience in our mind. So instead of feeling like it was a waste of time or it didn't work or see, I told you I don't know what I'm doing or, you know, it was uh, full of fear and anxiety, we can rewire that in our brains to say, it's just practice. That was a good way to practice. I'm excited. I'm doing something new. And honestly, if I'm not a little bit nervous, I'm probably bored. So I take that nervous feeling and say, it's just me learning something new and I'm being excited. And and I love the butterflies in my stomach because I'm growing. And so I've changed that in my own life. And I challenge you to do that as well. Anytime you're doing something new and it's surrounded by negative emotions, that's what's going to be recalled in your memory. So let's change that memory and connect the event with something positive and you're more likely to step out in faith again. Number two is scripture. So part of feeling like an imposter is that you feel like you aren't the right person to be doing the work you want to do. This feeling of inadequacy, this feeling of being unqualified. Well, I am here to tell you guys, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called, and often we are called before we are qualified. Second Peter says his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. We have everything we need to fulfill the calling that has been placed in front of us. We already have it. We don't even need to go find it. We just have to allow it to blossom, to come forth, to shine within us. For we are God's masterpiece, and he has created us anew in Christ, says Ephesians. So scripture connects us with the fact that we already have what we want, that we were made in God's image, and we can stand firm in that identity. Remember, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And he, if you feel called to ha- speak a message, talking about health, fitness, uh, to be a photographer, whatever your business is or whatever, you, whatever you're looking to create and grow, he called you first. And as you take action and learn, you qualify your skills Number three is your strength. So we know that we are created in God's image. We know that we have everything that we need. And I love this, this section because it's from Strength Finders. If you've read the book Strength Finders, uh, you'll find that there's a plethora of of skill sets, right? And you take this test and it identifies what your top strengths are. And did you know that 10 people in the entire world have the same top 10 strengths as you? Just, just ten, and one person in the entire world has the same thirty-four strengths as you. That means, you guys, that you are the only you, and we know that people will relate to you, hear from you, hear like maybe their aha moment is because it's coming from you. So when we identify our strengths, our passions, and we stand firm in the fact that God gave us these strengths and passions for a reason, and we're living out of that identity, imposter syndrome goes to the wayside. So let's talk about rewiring your brain. I've got five steps here for you. The first one is to take action before you're ready. This is imperative. Remember, God qualifies the called. Right? He doesn't call the qualified, meaning you're going to have to take action before you feel ready. If you wait until your program, your service, your script, your 30 second commercial is perfected, then you have probably waited too long. I find that if I'm not feeling butterflies in my stomach, excited, nerves, etc. I'm bored. So you want to take action before you're ready, before you're ultra prepared and an expert because that's when you're going to be the most excited to learn and grow. So take action before you're ready. One one way to do this is to put something on your calendar and then reverse engineer it. So put an expo on your calendar, put a party on your calendar, put a a date on your calendar for having something accomplished. Maybe it's a 5k run or a marathon or a leadership retreat or something that's outside your comfort zone. Put it on your calendar. And then you get to reverse engineer it and figure out how to make it happen. I have done that time and time again when I'll do a leadership, uh, a leadership webinar series and I'll, I'll plan it and I'll tell everybody about it. And then three days before I go, okay, now I got to figure out what I'm talking about. And I get it on the calendar and then figure out the details later. Number two is accept that mistakes and failure are an inevitable part of your journey and they can't be avoided. And honestly, you don't want them to be avoided because that's where your stories come from. That's where your vulnerability comes from. That's where you learn the most. And that's what you can draw on that experience to share with others as you continue to go to grow. So I find that when I make mistakes, when I learn the hard way, I've learned over the years just just to say, oh, well, all right. It's part of the journey. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean I should or shouldn't be doing something. It has no bearing on my future, right, or my focus. It's just a part of the journey. And so I can move through them much quicker. Number three is look inside for the reasons to feel good about what you do and do not Rely on external validation. This one is really important. It kind of goes back to the scripture and strength reference. When we know what we know what we know and we feel so confident and excited about what we're doing, then we don't need external validation. You know, you think of the waitress that comes to the table and says, would you like some mustard with your burger? And you're like, no, thanks. The waitress doesn't run back to the corner and start crying about you not wanting mustard, right? She doesn't really care if you want mustard or not. She's just offering you a product. And that's what we're doing. Whether you have a product, a service, you're adding value, whatever it is, you're just offering that. And we don't need their yes or no validation, We can learn from it, of course. We can take feedback as as we continue to grow, but it doesn't make or break who we are because we know who we are and we know that what we're doing is something we're proud of. Number four is end the comparison game. Oh my gosh, I've done this a million trillion times where I'm looking left, I'm looking right, I'm seeing what other people are doing and I'm telling myself that because they're experiencing success, why should I even bother? Isn't that interesting? You see somebody doing what you want to do and somehow we make it negative on ourselves. Like we're comparing somebody's middle to our beginning, And it's not fair. It's not fair to us to judge ourselves that way. And it's not fair to them because they're just on their journey. And so when we end the comparison game, we're not looking left. We're not looking right. We're not wishing that we were in somebody else's shoes. We're putting our blinders on and we're starting at our own start line. And we're doing the things that will keep us focused and moving in the right direction. So what I do now. What I'm trying to do is if I see something and I'm a a little bit jealous or frustrated or maybe like, oh, I wish I was doing that, I take that as a cue and I say, I can do that. If it's important to me, I'll put it on my calendar and then... I'll put it on my calendar because now I know it's important to me. So end the comparison game. And then number five is to change up your routine and get in front of new people. I think oftentimes the comparison game comes when we're in our little niche and in our little bubble. And you're seeing people who are doing what you want to do. And they may be growing faster. They may have started sooner. They may have a warmer network. They, you, you know, you're, you're comparing yourself to somebody who's doing what you want to do. And sometimes it's not fair. So let's get outside our comfort zone. Change up our routine. Meet some new people. Because I guess, I bet you a million bucks, right? That if you go to another niche... They will have no idea what you're talking about and you are going to bless the socks off of them because you're going to be adding value in that niche when nobody else is. So the five steps in review, take action before you're ready, accept that mistakes are a part of the journey, look inside for reasons to feel good about what you do instead of relying on external validation. End the comparison game and expose yourself to new people who will benefit from your work. Before we end, I want to do a quick visualization exercise with you. So, unless you're driving or running or something, uh, take a deep breath and close your eyes. And I want you to picture yourself doing what you want to do, whether you're growing your own business, you're growing your family. You're living your ideal day. You are giving back into the world the way that you know you're supposed to. Everything is awesome. And oh my gosh, whether you're on stage or you're in a small group or you're at a party or you're just around your social circle, they are thanking you left and right for sharing your message with them. Because that the message that you shared, their life is better because you shared it. Their life is better because of the products you offer, the services you offer, and the value you add. You feel so good because you're doing what you said you want to do. You're adding value and you're spreading your message and it is benefiting the people around you. Now, imagine those same people starting to walk away. They're not walking away because they're sad or disappointed. They're walking away because you never shared anything with them. They don't even know. The aha moment that they would have had because you shared your message with them, they don't have anymore. They just, they never grew in that area. They never grew that brain cell. They never had that aha moment because the person that they would have heard it from is you and you didn't speak up. Doesn't that make you sad? That makes me so sad. (laughs) It's like if we feel called to spread a message, it is our duty to do so. Because there are people that are going to hear what you have to say because it's you. An example of this is my friend Carlos. He does Thai massage. And I, I was, we were walk, talking about this kind of thing um, one time and I was getting a Thai massage from him. And if you don't know what a Thai massage is, you lay on a mat on the floor and you have all your clothes on and it's like, but it's like super compressed massage. Like, like they hold your knots down and it hurts a lot. <laughs> and they like contort you in weird ways, but it feels so good. It's like a pain that you need to do again, right? And uh, we were talking about this and I was kind of working through some of my uh, thoughts about who am I, um, what am I going to add, etc. And I said to him, you know what? I never would have walked into a Thai massage place. I just wouldn't because it sounds scary and weird and I don't get it. But because I knew him and I like, know, and trust him, I am now benefiting from Thai massage And it's impacting my life in a positive way. And I never would have known about it if it weren't for him. And I think all of us, regardless of our sphere of of influence, we have the ability to spread our message and to impact people's lives. And honestly, it's kind of our duty to do so. So, if you have ever felt that imposter syndrome, if you've ever been stopped dead in your tracks because you had fear of being unqualified for the message you want to share, just know that it's normal, it's a part of the game, and keep moving forward because you have a duty to spread the message that you are called, and the qualification will come every step of the way. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. It is a blessing to connect with you and I look forward to chatting again. Have an amazing day. you so much for listening today head over to denisewalsh.com enter your email to subscribe to our list and I'll be sending out an early bird special coupon 50% off in fact of the dream life workbook when it is launched in just a few months so if you want to have first dibs let's get your name on that list thanks again I so appreciate you and remember to dream big